Hey everyone, Dan Lavai here and welcome to the New Net Podcast, the podcast where we talk to interesting people doing interesting things in and around PNG. Now, as a content creator and as someone who is in that space, it's always a pleasure to meet uh, those using the medium of film to tell stories and do interesting things with it. And my guest for today uh, is the creative director of House Konai Films. And they've been operating for about five years and recently wrapped up on filming their first feature film. So please make welcome TJ Agua. Thank you. Uh, now, TJ, how are you this morning? I'm a little nervous, <laughs> but yeah. I remember uh, <laughs> I remember uh, prior to recording, you told me that uh, you're not usually in front of the camera. Yes, always behind the camera. And hopefully uh, we can uh, get those nerves out of the way. Yep. <laughs> uh, now, TJ, for the sake of our listeners and viewers who may be unfamiliar with House Kunai Films, mm-hmm. and, uh, could you just explain to and uh, tell our viewers a bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is... TJ Agua. Um, I'm a film director, um, the founder of House Kunai Films, and I um, use the title creative director most of the time. And um, yeah, I've started in 2017, uh, formally registered in 2019 as a film label, and I've been working as a film director for the last four or five years. Oh, wow. Now, uh, I have to ask, how did you first like get into filmmaking? Because it's not exactly an industry that uh, is very easy to get into. Mm, Yeah, Um, it was um, random, actually. Um, I was studying business um, at TAFE at the time, and I started to play around with a camera, and I um, was interested in photography. So I applied to um, Sydney Film School just to learn um, photography and just to learn how to use the camera. And then um, when I got there, I realized that it was something that I really wanted to do. And that's how I got into f- uh, filmmaking. Yeah. Oh, wow. And also because I had a, like a, a great imagination. So kind of some think, think story and about I just sit and daydream and then I think maybe I could, you know, put those things into script writing. So it was uh, both those um, reasons why I applied to the film school and then I realized that it was yeah, actually something that I really wanted to do. Oh, wow. That's probably, I think, the most uh, formal uh, origins I've heard of uh, people in, the, in this industry. Mm-hmm. Usually uh, people from uh, our side of things is usually they're just, they just want to be creative and they're content creators. And they, mm-hmm. you know, they start off uh, filming stuff with their phones yeah. and posting it online. But I think, I think you're the, one of the first people they've met who are like our generation who have mm-hmm. gone through this formal pathway and ended up where you are. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I am curious, you mentioned earlier how you're a very imaginative person and mm-hmm. you wanted to uh, get those ideas on film. Uh, I'm curious, uh, was there a specific moment in your life or was there a film that you watched that inspired you and maybe sparked that interest to get into filmmaking? Um, not really, because like I said, it was random, but there was, um, there's a film director that I really like, um, Tyler Perry, so those Madia movies. <laughs> so I liked how he um, uses the Madia character to like um, teach the younger generation mm-hmm. Um, use the Madia character as a way of um, educating young people, educating um, people about a subject or uh, a matter that um, is important. So um, when I went through film school, I realized that that is something that I can do. And like Papua New Guinea as well, we have a lot of um, traditional stories that we can tell, um, traditional values that we can tell through um, visual storytelling that um, can help educate like younger generations. 
um, and young people. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. Oh, Talapar, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure <laughs> a lot of people listening and watching are very yeah. familiar with the Madia movies. He's a, he's, yeah, he's a very interesting guy because he also directs and he acts. acts and I'm, yeah. I'm aware that uh, he's also responsible for the production. He has a, like the production yeah, house that production he owns movies, yeah. are the ones that make all the Madia movies. So. Yeah. I can definitely see why you, why you would uh, yeah. get inspired by him. Uh, now, as I mentioned earlier, uh, recently, I think it was around May, I yeah. think you wrapped up um, filming your first feature film. And I am curious, like, what was that like? Because I remember, I think I was uh, looking up uh, just how the production was. And I mm -hmm. saw the, some of the behind the scene uh, pictures and photos and some of them. You, uh, you, like in front of the camera, I think before a take, you actually had the, the clacker in front. And I was like, oh, wow, this is like the real deal. So <laughs> I'm curious, yeah. what, what was that like? Um, it was honestly it was hectic. Um, we had a skeleton crew of like maybe four or five, and then I took my actors and we went up to the highlands and um, we did the did the production up there. Um, it was it was hectic. It was a learning experience as well. It was my first feature film, so it was a learning experience for me as well as a film director because I've um, only directed short films. Mm. Um, when I started, so yeah. Oh man, first feature film. How how long was it? I'm curious. Like the, um, the it's, length of it's, it. It's it's going to be um, a, uh, an hour and a half probably. Yeah, hour twenty minutes. Yeah, when it comes yeah. out. Yeah. So at this stage, it's still in post production. Yes, post production. We're still editing, doing um, reviews, and um, yeah, sound designing. Yeah. Oh man. And now you just mentioned that you had to fly your actors up there. What, what was that like, just trying to organize everyone? Um, it was expensive, mm. <laughs> very expensive. Um, but because it was a private production, um, it was my own production, I had to use my own money, my savings, and from some of the other gigs that I did earlier in the year. And um, I flew out um, three of my actors as well as... Um, my production manager and two of my crew members they volunteered and they paid for their own tickets Man. and we all went because it was exciting it was our first everything so we everyone wanted to be there to experience this um together yeah man you know i i always love uh the stories <coughs> of whenever a director makes their first proper proper film because mm. it's, it's always an interesting story like um if if you've ever heard the story of uh sam raimi the guy who directed uh, the 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 Spider Man movies with Tobey oh. Maguire, his the 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 origin of that production. How yeah, like much like how you explained, mm. a lot of the people involved had to fork up their own money because yeah. uh, some people might think when you're making a movie, you always have a studio behind mm. you. But in this case, when it's your yeah. first one, it's always you paying for everything yeah. from the get go. Another one of my favorite stories is uh, uh, George Miller, the director of uh, the Mad Max movies. Uh -huh. The uh -huh. very oh, the, <laughs> I always love the the story of the very first Mad Max movie because much like how you explained, he had to work overtime. He was a uh, professionally, he was I think a trained ER doctor, uh -huh. but his passion was filmmaking. So he mm -hmm. he would like do all the emergency gigs and like in the ambulance and just save up money mm -hmm. from there. And it was from his experience as an ambulance. Uh, uh, operator that he would see all the traffic accidents and road collisions and uh, then that's sort of what inspired the Mad mm -hmm. Max idea but that's about going back to how the people involved had to fork up their own money a lot of that yeah was also played heavily into the making of that first movie 
uh, one of my favorite stories about how you mentioned how it was expensive. Uh, I think the stunt, the stunt people in Mad Max, this is Australia. <laughs> so this is Australia in the 1970s. To pay the stunt people, they were okay with being paid with alcohol and <laughs> beer. So they were just like, okay, you don't have the money. It's okay. Just pay us with alcohol. beer. Oh, man. But yeah, yeah no, I, I can only imagine what's that li- what that's yeah. like to organize everyone and go. Because yeah. from my just general observation on the uh, film industry of PNG. Usually, whenever a film crew heads out to film something, it's usually for a documentary. So mm. they're being sent out to record <laughs> something that's, you know, already existing, yeah. and they just have to like get the story. It, it's it's more. It resembles more of a, like a news report yeah. where they're going out and getting the story. But in this case, you've come up with the story and you're yeah. going to the location. Uh, was how how was that? What was that like specifically? The location scouting. Um, the location scouting, um, the location is at my mom's village, uh. and I went location scouting earlier in the year. I'm, I actually walked the, the track and the location that we were going to film, and I took pictures, and um, it was a, it was like my New Year celebration. I went for a walk mm. on the track to scout the location, and yeah. Oh, that always helps. I think because one, one I, I've heard stories of people trying to film things and then they'd get, or uh, they'd encounter uh, opposition from you know the people who yeah. they're, they're like from their yeah. village and then like yeah, there's always an issues with that. But I think oh, that's yeah. that's a nice work around. And also yeah. the the like the the story is based around a traditional mm. um, a story in my mom's village and it was also based on a personal experience. So I wrote everything into the script. I had to change the script around a bit to put myself and my mom in the script. And then I um, wrote the story around the experience. And then uh, we went a few months later to film it. Wow. Yeah. The original idea was there. But when I went mm. um, d- during the trekking for the location scout- scouting, we went um, through an experience. And then I had to write that experience into the script, rewrite oh, the man. script and put it into the um, yeah, script as well. Wow! Wait, yeah. so you're you're also writing the story as yeah, well and I did directing the script writing, yeah, man, and then directing, filming, I'm editing as well. Oh, man. <laughs> Do you have anybody helping you edit, or is it? Uh, no, it's just me editing. I have people helping me, subtitles, and some um, volunteers helping me with uh, music production. But uh, um, editing, I'm doing it myself. Yeah. I think yeah no I didn't I I didn't even know you also wrote the entire thing but now I'm curious. Uh, whenever you're writing for most of your films and with this feature film, are there, I think I asked one of our first guests this question, but are there, are there certain things that you think are too sensible to put on film or like, where do you draw the line or in terms of like, what's appropriate to put on film? I think it comes down to you as a filmmaker, um, what kind of story you want to tell. Mm. So for me, if I want to tell traditional stories, I know that these are traditional stories from, um, our ancestors from our um, local people. So I get the story from them. They tell it to me themselves, and then I write it according to what they tell me. I don't add my own mm. subtract. Yeah. Now, uh, prior to this uh, feature film, you mentioned that you've also been making uh, your own short films for a very long time. Yes. Uh, <coughs> compared to the feature film, how short? <laughs> how how long were these usually? The short films in length. Um, usually around three to five minutes mm. short films, yeah. Man. And I, I only produce those um, to put 
on comp- uh, put on film festivals and competitions. Mm. Yeah. Oh man, I'm curious. Uh, what? Uh, how many film festivals have you taken part in? Um, I think just a film festival. I think just one, and two of my films um, were featured, um, and I won second prize. I think during the last. I think it was last year. We got second prize for one of our films. And in 2022, I think, yeah, 2022, it was a short film competition, um, I think run by Digicel or sponsored by Digicel. Um, We won three awards for that. Oh, nice. Man. And it was um, three minutes, three to five minutes. Mm. Yeah. Man. Now, you mentioned earlier that... um, (laughs) For example, your feature film, it's based on uh, a traditional story mm. and you've scripted it out and done your, like, given it your own spin. I'm curious, besides traditional stories, are there other issues or aspects of PNG life that you target or aim to mm. uh, depict? Yeah. Um, for me, um, my storytelling, I like to foco- focus around um, environmental issues and um Family violence issues. Mm. Yeah. So the the um the one that we produced for the three uh, three minute competition that was sponsored by Digicel, we won the three awards. Um, it was um, called Narcissus. It, it it was about um, it was about family violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, domestic violence. Now, alongside traditional uh, stories, you wanted to highlight. I think relating to that topic, I think that's one thing film can be used for especially now and with these stories and like us being the current generation the older Mm -hmm. generations aren't going to be around for much longer so i feel like we have a responsibility to retain that and retain and retell those stories especially in like with using modern tools so i feel like i'm very happy to hear that there are like Papua new guineans out there Mm -hmm. taking the initiative to tell these stories because these are important they're part of our culture and part of our history as a people and if we don't use what we have to record it that's a loss of like information in our history i think the talent and the stories are there we just have to invest into it and then produce produce our own stuff here oh yeah with regard to the talent yes i'm i'm aware that there's a lot of talented papua new guineans out there Uh, some of from some of our viewers or listeners may know I'm uh, I'm involved. I've been involved with a couple of the Mosbiat Theater productions, mm-hmm. and I can say that there are quite a few like young Papua New Guineans who are very yeah. talented nowadays. Where, if the industry that you're in right now ever takes off, there's we have no sort shortage of actors. Like yeah. we shouldn't be uh, reaching out or outsourcing people from overseas mm-hmm. to come and play Papua New Guineans. We have people here capable of playing Papua New Guineans. Yeah. Now, one question I did want to ask you is something that. I sort of feel strongly about is I just wanted to ask uh, what's your current opinion on the sorry current opinion what's your opinion on the current state of uh, PNG films because I believe that from my own observation there was a point in history where there were a lot of Papua New Guinea films being made and then mm-hmm. suddenly there was a sort of a drought where oh, yeah. not enough stories were being put on the celluloid <clears throat> or being filmed and I think uh, you with your production company have sort of uh, breathed new life into it, but I wanted to get your opinion on the current state of things. Yeah. Um, I think it just comes down to the, just being the being in the industry and observing um, when, 
when the uh, creative body in the country invests money into producing the like producing content the people who are in charge they mismanage the money because there's mm-hmm. a lot of money going into it there's one thing that the creative body in the country um it makes them hesitant to put money mm. into the um industry and then also in the industry it's um they want to see that you have something there before they can invest into mm. into um your your idea your concept or whatever it is that you're trying to create um so they are not helpful until you help yourself like it's like the mm. idea that's there they they won't help you unless you help yourself and then they see that you you are capable of doing something and then they'll invest into you yeah ah oh, i see so basically when you approach them you shouldn't go empty handed empty handed yeah you 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 must have something or at least um your crew or some someone who's in um who are in in your in your crew part of your team is um someone that they already know who's mm. capable of carrying the production because they don't want to invest money into something that um will go to waste right yeah. it's uh, unfortunately it's yeah. an all too common story yeah. of like the things get start up and then money yeah. is provided and then the money's not there anymore and yeah. nobody has an explanation and then they go back for more and then mm. go back for more and then there's nothing else <sighs> yeah uh but just to focus a bit on that uh, you mentioned the creative body and i mean for people who are trying to get into this industry mm-hmm. when you when you say creative body uh, who who exactly do you mean um i think the png cultural commission i think mm-hmm. yeah they're in charge of the overall like the um uh the uh the arts theater and the film um film institute in goroka yeah ah okay yeah. okay okay so they're in charge of it and it's from mm-hmm. them that you can gain assistance to yes and i i think they also have a uh, uh the awards the academy awards they have a committee now where you can submit your films and then they submit it to the hollywood academy thing ah yeah. okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, i think i've i've heard of that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh wow. No, cuz you know that makes sense. Uh, not going in empty-handed and just having a proof of concept. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Now, you mentioned earlier about uh your crew and I am curious uh you you mentioned uh, I think much earlier in the interview. Um you had a skeleton crew yeah. when you did the feature, feature film. film yeah. So I'm curious uh, exactly how many people were with you when you went up. Um including myself there was one two my production manager the locations manager and then two others I was like five of us yeah and then we um changed roles so when mm-hmm. we were on set when we were filming we um our costume designer was doing um assistant camera and then when we were on location she was cooking doing catering so it was we wore many hats on the oh, set man. yeah and it was a all female crew oh yeah Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it was an 8-day shoot. Uh yeah, yeah. Man. A week including travel days here, yeah, 8 days. And oh, then 5 man. days of shooting. Nice. Yeah. So we had to like get up really early in the morning 3:00, go up to the mountains camp and then shoot the morning scenes and night man. scenes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, Now, uh compared to the short films, uh usually how big is the crew for that? The short films it's myself and then i 
get an assistant or two. Yeah, so probably like three. Yeah, but for this one, it was a five total. And then the like my aunties and uncles in the village, they came to help carry the bags and mm-hmm. equipment and stuff. And then the actors, two of the actors were my cousin brothers in the village. So um, everyone wore a lot of hats, including being the act- actors and being the crew members as well. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's always a thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, they'd have to be a boom operator, just yeah. just in general, just help with something mm-hmm. other than being just an actor. Yeah. Oh man. Now, uh, myself as someone, I actually do. I personally do want to get into making films, but like I've never. I'm glad that I have you on onto the podcast, just as someone who's like done this already and who has experience in this field. Mm-hmm. In general, you don't have to get into uh, specific amounts, but in general, uh, how much did the entire operation cost? Um, again, it depends on you as as the film director. So for me, I wrote the script according to the location, according to the story, and I already had a idea of what. I was getting myself into so I planned accordingly with the budget in mind how I, how I was going to get there so it just depends on um, your story and then you as a film director how creative you are to mm-hmm. um, navigate your equipment your crew your cast yeah so it shouldn't um, for me it cost um, less than 20,000 mm-hmm. so if you want to go into something similar like a one hour show it just depends on you so but probably i think it goes over fifty thousand or hundred thousand yeah it it just depends on the type of um what kind of director you are what kind of film director how creative you are and then Mm. just comes down to your creative um genius here man if you're writing yourself then you don't have to pay a script writer if you're shooting yourself you don't Mm -hmm. have to pay a camera camera person camera operator yeah if you're um doing the audio yourself you don't have to pay a boom operator or get a voice recorder i mean someone to do your voice recording oh man that's so true yeah so it saves you a lot Mm. of cost lots of money yeah oh wow and then if the if your actors and your crew are people that you know you just buy the tickets and you just take them then there's food in the village and everything and so you don't have to pay a lot of money to do that you just pay the logistics and then it just saves you a lot of um cost yeah so it just depends on the type of director you are man I think uh, you just mentioned uh, paying for the tickets, and I know of air travel in PNG is mm. something that can be quite costly. So I, I'm curious, how much how much of the budget did that take up? Just logistics. Um, logistics. I think it was around eight thousand. Uh, we were fortunate to have um, WCS um, in Groka help help us and support us with um, transportation to and from um, Groka to Simbu Province and then Simbu Province back. And then they provided um, uh, accommodation and food rations for us for the whole entire week. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So it saved us a bit of money there too. Oh, man, that's yeah. awesome to hear. Now, I do want to ask, uh, as someone who, like, you've already you've done your first feature film and you've been making short films uh, for a while now, uh, what, I am curious, what is the usual, like, once production has started, what's your average... Uh, day of production look like for let's say uh, the short films well, how, how would that usually go a short film if it's a three to five minute short film it will be probably around one to two days filming and it can start at six in the morning and end at four or five in the afternoon and that's like six to eight you set up your cameras you 
um, prep, and then you can start shoot at, shooting at eight with your actors, and then uh, wrap up and send them home at like three, four, and then you pack up. So that's the average, like uh, for three minute, three to five minute um, short film. Uh, for the for a feature film, it will be it can start at three in the morning, four in the morning, um, and then it depends on the uh, scenes that you're gonna shoot on mm-hmm. the day. If it's a morning scene, if it's a night, if it's interior, if it's um, exterior scene, um, it depends on those. Yeah, so it can start at three in the morning, four in the morning, and finish at eight night, uh, eight nine in the night. Yeah. Now. I think we're uh, coming to the end of the interview, but I do have one last question just for uh, any aspiring uh, filmmakers or people who want to film something in the future. Uh, just the last couple of questions. Um, uh, what, <laughs> what was probably uh, your, I wouldn't want to say bad, but probably one of the worst experiences you've had while filming, like something happened that you just couldn't control and you had to like deal with it on uh-huh. the spot and be flexible. Um, the rain we hiked up from the village up to the top of the mountain as soon as we got to the top of the mountain heavy rain and then we didn't bring any canvas or umbrellas or anything so the first thing that came to mind was just protect all the equipments Mm. get the uh, actors to um, safety like give them all the raincoats everyone Mm -hmm. just stand there and if you get wet that's fine but just protect (laughs) the actors and the cameras yeah so it was the rain yeah, you know, there's there's always something in a production that you just can't yeah. quite account for, man. Now, uh, my very last question would be, uh, lastly, for the sake of anyone who wants to get into the industry, uh, what are some tips you might give for someone who like just really wants to film something? They have a story to tell, uh, they have the idea in their head. What would mm-hmm. you tell them would to be the first thing to do? Um, the first thing I'd encourage them to do is to just do it. Just if you have a story idea, if you have something that you want to film, just do it. And then always be open to learn and ask questions from people who um, have done it before. Mm -hmm. They'll be happy to help you. Um, But yeah, just go out there and shoot your films. And then if you have to edit it yourself, edit it yourself. If If you have to shoot it yourself, shoot it yourself. Now, what would you say to those people who they are somewhat uh, perfectionists and they just don't want to start because they feel like, oh, if I do this, it won't be as good as it is in my head. Mm-hmm. That comes down to, to themselves. If they really want it, they'll do it and then they'll learn from their mistakes and do better mm-hmm. next time. But if um, they want to perfect it the first time, they won't. you won't perfect it the first time. Mm-hmm. You have to um, learn and then uh, do it learn from mistake do it again do it again until you get it or if you have a lot of money and you have a big budget then you can get a good crew and then you do it perfect the first time (laughs) yeah ah man you know that's a very powerful message like your first try won't always be the best yeah so just keep going keep going the the great like directors and cinematic masters you know they their first movie wasn't the best ever so yeah they just got better at it well, uh, TJ, thank you so much for joining us. I think we've come to the end of the podcast interview. Uh, last final question, not to put any pressure on you or anything, but uh, uh, regarding the future film, uh, <coughs> when do you think uh, it might be available for the public to see? Um, initially, we were planning on having it released um, on the 31st of this month at Halloween because it's a horror genre. And it's probably going to be the first <laughs> horror genre in PNG. 
but um, I had to do some international travels. I moved ah. the dates to December, so hopefully December fourth it will come out. We will release the yeah. Oh, so it's man. um, so the film is something like Blair Witch Project. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's something that I'm not going to give out okay, too okay, much details, okay. but yeah, it's um, something like the Blair Witch Project. Um, so we went into the jungle and we got lost, and then things happened, and that's oh, it. Oh, that's so cool! Because from the from the post you made about it, I did not get that impression yeah. that it was good. okay. Yeah, because we right. didn't want to put out a lot of information to spoil our marketing. Okay, don't don't say anymore. Don't. No, say that's anymore. okay. That's, that's the, what I wanted to say. I said it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Now, wow! Now I'm really excited to see it. Yeah. Ah. No, because I do, I do believe that there's, especially regarding traditional stories, there's a lot of yeah. potential for yeah. like horror stories and scary mm-hmm. stories and like those types of themes to yeah. be explored. But uh, yes, uh, TJ, thank you so much for uh, giving us your time today. It was a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, it's always a pleasure speaking to someone in, in the content creation industry. And it's always great to hear from someone who's taken the more formal path and who's making like mm. a proper feature film. So thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, that's about it for this episode of the New Net Podcast. Thank you so much for watching and we will catch you in the next one.